It's the middle of summer, and I haven't done one thing that I would consider like summery at all because I am kind of just on this. I I mean, nothing like haven't gone to the beach, haven't cooked, gone to a cookout. What are you even talking about? That's not for me. No, I like the beach. I just don't like to lay out on it and fry it. But I love going to the ocean. Um, but I just haven't, you know, it. I invited you to a pool party, and you came fully clothed. How you doing? Good. While I was waiting for you, I was scrolling Instagram and and a picture of me that I posted of myself yesterday came up in my feed. My own picture. Uh, from what? How? I don't, get I it. don't know. It just showed me my own self like I was following myself. Casey? Yeah. Are you following yourself? <laughs> I mean, in a way, but that doesn't normally happen. Your own picture doesn't usually come up in your own feed. I don't get it. But what was the point? Did it say something? Was it like, no, reach just, more followers, boost this post, give no. us all your money? <laughs> it didn't. It just was like picture of Busy, picture of Matt, picture of Casey. You know her. And so I just liked it. I don't understand. It was giving me an opportunity to like myself. And I so mean, I did. I would think we could all take that opportunity when it's presented. Uh, it was weird, though. It made me feel kind of, it broke my brains a little. What does it do on the Zoom recorder where it's like the little clicky thing underneath the volume control for like, it on? It, let's say it says it's one. And there's one yes. thing that looks like a microphone with a lightning bolt and one thing that looks like a stick. Mine's on the lightning bolt microphone. Should be okay. And then, but the, what, is that what it's supposed to be? I mean, mine's supposed to be stick. The, mine's on the stick. Uh oh. Should I stop but, and start again? No, I don't think it matters if yours has been on the lightning bolt the whole time. Well, I don't and know. Who like, knows? Maybe someone fucked with it. Who knows? Saboteur. I think those are both microphones busy. What? I think those are both microphones. I know, but I don't understand. Why is one a stick? Why is one a lightning bolt? I don't get it. I don't know. Guys, it's a good qu- I don't get it. It's a good anyway, question. Whatevs. Too it's many fine. bells and I'm whistles recording. on these recorders. This is like we've all, you know, we've all just had to learn new skill sets in this time. Yeah, it's true. In this place. <laughs> It's true. But I do like, um, who was talking to us? Oh, Michelle Williams was talking to us about a not smartphone that just like you could just make calls on it and maybe not even text. And I was like, I'm kind of moving in that direction. Like I don't need, I don't need a million presets on something. You know what I mean? Like. I do. I do know what you mean. Like, hey, well, we take the humble air fryer, for example. I don't need mm-hmm. a bunch of, like, if you can adjust the time and the temperature, I'm good. I can figure out the rest. I don't need, like, a French fries button. Yeah, I agree. But people, <laughs> I guess, are dumb. I guess. Maybe. Maybe. Wait, how do you like threads? 
That is Let's a good question. I'm still... There's been so much that's happened this week, culturally speaking, on the internet. Yes. Let's Threads, in case you in case you don't know, Threads is uh, a new app that was launched okay. by Mark Zuckerberg uh, to kill Twitter and to kill Elon Musk, I guess. And I say kill because I think that is um if you watch uh if you watch Succession or you know anyone that works in business, a something killer is like what businesses are always launching. They're always trying to kill each other. Um, and so Here's why I like threads. I had also, I've tried out every app like Mastodon and Spoutable, which I like. Mastodon, I can't, I was like an early, like day one adopter when they first dropped Mastodon. And now I can't log back into my account because I left it for a while and they can't seem to help me. So Mastodon, but I think Mastodon's already extinct, like real Mastodons. Um, I'm and, just going to say something marketing wise. Let's not name your company after an an extinct thing. Yeah, it's true. I don't think I don't think it's a good I don't think it's um spiritually or um energetically, I guess. Yeah. Energetically, I don't think it's a good move. Yeah, I think you're right. And you know that I like you know that it, on my list of irrational fears, my number one irrational fear is that they're going to um clone or reanimate mastodons. Why? Why do I think that? Because I think they're going to find like mastodon DNA. It just seems to me like the most likely, like they'll be like, oh, well, we'll make a new mastodon and we'll like mate it with an well, elephant or something like that. But what would that. be the purpose? They're going to do it. They're going to be like, oh, we'll just put it in a zoo. It'll be like a novelty and it'll show what we can do with science. And the next thing you know, Jurassic Park. Jurassic That's Park. Where, yeah. Well... Yeah. I'm truly, like, I'm fearful of, you know that I don't like, like, really, I don't like, like, oversized things, um, particularly. I really a tiny item. <laughs> I don't tiny like oversized things. There used to be the things. Museum of Miniatures here. Oh, that'd and be a good one. Away, yeah. You know. That'd be good. But so anyway, a mastodon, I just don't like envisioning, like, something that big just, like, coming up to you know, coming up to me on the street or whatever. I don't think it would, though. I don't, like, I'm not picturing it in Los Angeles. You know I what hope I mean? not. I hope not. But you know, like, how, you know how I feel about mooses. Like, I love mooses from afar. I love mooses in theory. Theoretically. Then, a then theoretical I, moose. But, like, when you really see how giant a fucking moose is, I can't even imagine. It's, it's terrifying. It's They're not They're gigantic. They're gigantic. Mooses, moose are... Mastodons. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, don't name it. And for that matter, don't name your social media mooses either. Uh, b- just because we're, it's Stupid. scary. It's scary. Stupid. Anyway, um, wait. But so anyway, so, threads. Yeah. Threads. I'm, I'm Back on to it. threads. And the reason why I am liking it so far is just like a lot of people that I followed already on Instagram. Because it's basically like your Instagram following is basically just ported over. And did so it that's just good. do it for us automatically? I don't really even know. I haven't spent it that much time on it. kind of did, but it. I feel like I did it too early because then people joined after and I had to like add them manually, which uh-huh. is whatever. It's fine. I mean, I did not, not a hard join. Chip. Early, I'm like number, <laughs> I'm like uh, two hundred million I like or something. It. Okay, it's early. It's like early I days mean, Twitter, kind of. But also, like, 
I'm just like, do I have anything to say here? I see. That's my, that's my thing. I'm like, okay. Recently, (laughs) it has come to my attention that like in the early days of Twitter, I loved posting, you know, my observations of life. But then once it became clear that like we're all simultaneously having the same sorts of observations about life and all posting them on Twitter, then I was a little bit just like, I can't, I have nothing to add here. And also as a public person, I don't need somebody to be like, I tweeted that first. And then me right. have to be like, okay, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I didn't know, but okay. Right. Just, you know, I just don't want to get into that whole thing. Yeah. Like it doesn't. And so then anytime I have like a thought that could be a tweet, I just text my friends. Right. Right. Because I don't know. It just feels like, <laughs> who is it for? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I'm so grateful to Twitter because, well, like I know you pretty much because of Twitter. I know a lot of people because of Twitter and it went, when it was good, it was good. And like, I'm saying good, like for me in the moment, I know, I know that these are companies and you know, that we're, we're the product. If we're not making money, then we're the product. But I did like it because for me, it was interesting to just be able to say things in my own voice for the first time because that was like not an experience. Like my whole career has been like speaking for someone else through them, you know. But that's, but even for me, that was the thing. Like we've, I feel like we've talked, I know I've definitely talked about this in interviews and stuff. But I think they definitely for actors performers, musicians, and just regular people. That was the appeal initially of Twitter. But like all things, I do feel like it jumped the shark, the proverbial shark. It's possible. And it feels hard to wrangle back in. You know what I mean? And 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 it's hard for me to conceptualize, like yeah. getting back in there. Um, yeah. And I just, I don't know. So I joined Threads and I don't, and I'm like, I'm probably never posting anything on here. <laughs> um, but, I will but, say that like just in the few days, I'm like, here's the way that I feel about everything in life. I'm just going to enjoy it while it's here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like this is, maybe this is what happens when your parents get divorced when you're 10, you realize, oh, I had like 10 years of this and like I should have just really enjoyed like having an entire family while it was here. So like subsequently, I'm just going to enjoy whatever while it's here. If it's ice cream, if it's a social media app, if it's a friendship, whatever, whatever, you know, because everything is limited and everything does get ruined kind of. Ice cream, social media apps, families, you know, like they all kind of have like a, like a spoiler date, you know, like a date by which they'll probably kind of fall apart. Everybody cool it. Speaking (laughs) of which, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I like legit hit the wall this week with also all forms of social media. Like we have to, I want to talk about the Jonah Hill stuff. Yes. Because I have mean i have so many thoughts and feelings you have you have hot takes i don't know if they're hot takes they're just i don't know (laughs) 
It's interesting. You know, I did that. I did that podcast, Shame Spiral. Yes. Eli, the yeah. comedian Eli's podcast. Um, and in it, at the end, she asked me like two different scenarios, like what would cause me more shame yeah. spiraling. And one of them was that I was dating somebody and I was really into them and then it ended badly or whatever. And I sent a bunch of texts that I wasn't proud of. Yeah. And they post posted them, you know, and it like kind of goes everywhere. Yeah. This was like weeks and weeks and weeks ago. She, you know, she, I did that podcast and she asked me that. Right. And at the time I was like, well, here's the deal. Like I feel like because of my social media presence and also our podcast and just all the things, like I have a direct line to having my own side of events being put out there. So in this hypothetical situation, I feel like, I don't know, it depends. But like, I don't think it would bring me that much shame just because I think I would be able to like um, unpack it. Like, you know, in yeah, some way. and with own it. my fans and own it and, like, learn from it and move on, whatever. Like, one thing I could never picture you doing is, like, I feel like a lot of people that are in the public eye would be like, I was hacked. <laughs> Which I could never picture you trying to be like, those are photoshopped. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Unless I genuinely I was hacked. Unless you genuinely were, right. But I think for the most part, I could just picture you being like, well, I have to own what I said, even though it wasn't, you know, the nicest sounding thing in the world. But there's so much to unpack in the that situation. In case you guys don't know, I'll just give you like the Cliff's Notes version of it. Unclear what precipitated it, although I imagine something did. But I, I would have not, to think so. But we're not privy to that. Right. The actor Jonah Hill, who FDA, FDA f- disclosure, what? Food and Drug Administration? I mean, <laughs> what do you, what do you, when people sure, have to make not? those disclosures, like Disney is our parent company or whatever, what are, what are those called? They're not, um, it's not FDA. What are, what is it? It's I like think a, they're just what called it? like disclosure, a disclaimer. No, I think, but I think that they're regulated by, what's the like? Oh, FTC? FTC. FCC. FTC. Guys, FTC disclosure. I have known Jonah Hill for a very long time. In a, oh. In a friend way, you know, like, um, like yeah. over many years. I've, I've known him yeah. since for a very, very long time. Do I have his number on my phone? I do not. (laughs) If I, you know, the kind of friend we are, like if I saw him at an event and he saw me, we would probably chat, chat, I guess. Probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I haven't seen him in a long time. Okay. So actor Jonah Hill had a girlfriend who was a surfer and a professional surfer and a model amongst other things. And she posted over the weekend text messages from him that detail what he calls his boundaries for their relationship. Right. But, which many people have pointed out, 
are not exactly, it's, it's like a bastardization of therapy speak, which a lot of people are guilty of. Let's be real. We've talked about it on this podcast before. Yeah. And we should talk about it more because I just feel like it's on the rise, but go on. I think it's definitely on the rise. I think because here's the great news and the bad, like with, with great power comes great responsibility, right? And the wonderful thing about social media is, um, you know, that everyone was sort of given a voice. And the worst thing about social media is that everyone was given a voice. And, um, to say things anonymously if they choose, right? right. And in there in in talking about the rise in mental health awareness, like that is there's no doubt in my mind that's like an excellent thing that people are going to more people than ever are seeking out therapy and going to therapy and aren't ashamed of asking for help or needing help. But there has there does seem to be sort of a rise in this idea of using therapy speak, sort of weaponizing ideas that originate in therapy and using them to your own sort of, I mean, honestly, manipulative advantage in friendships and in relationships, romantic relationships. And also, I think in work situations, people have been doing And I also think that like possibly not as far, but maybe equally as insidious overall. I think a lot of the the social media therapizing is yes. a lot about saying like, here's how you, you've been hurt and you've been traumatized, but there's not a great deal of material out there I've noticed about taking responsibility. Like here's how you can take responsibility for harm that you've caused others, which is like, mm. I, I very rarely hear people talking about like, oh shit, I saw this TikTok and I owe a bunch of people apologies, you know? Like, That's super interesting. You know, one thing that I really did get out of Hoffman, guys, and I just, I'm going to, whatever, put it out there, <laughs> is a little bit that, like, you know, their whole thing, like, your parents are totally at fault and no one is to blame. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, like, kind of their, so a lot of Hoffman work, a lot of the work is taking responsibility for your own unhealthy patterns that you've maybe, you know, in in the beginning of your, however you developed them, you developed them for self-preservation or to make life easier for yourself or others. And at a certain point, they become toxic and they sort of turn in on themselves and they start hurting others or hurting you or both, right? Yeah. And so getting to the root of why, like where that started, the origin story of it is important in Hoffman, Mm -hmm. but it's not the final step. Like, you have to recognize, take responsibility, and learn how to move forward without those things, you know, without doing those things again. And if you fall back into those patterns, which you know your girl has, you have to be able to genuinely apologize to people and take responsibility and say, like, I know what the root of this thing is. I am continuing to work on it. I am sorry that I'm not there yet, you know? But so back to this text message. First of all, as a person who's kind of famous, I really fucking hate people posting 
text messages. I just hate it. I don't love, I don't like it. I don't like people posting text messages using people's names. Yeah. Is that, I don't know. Maybe it's, I mean, that's my own. I think it might I, be, I, I think, well, here's what I'll say is that I don't, again, we don't know the situation. So well, that's right. I'm that's only, what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't know what precipitated the right. weekend where she was like, oh, and here, because I'm like going through this process, she's going through a process of healing. Right. Like, and she was sort of, from what I could like gather from reading and watching the stories, because I did watch the whole thing because that yeah. friend of mine sent it to me. Um, it seemed like she was like trying to be sort of vague, but then she was like, okay, fine, here, this is like right. the specifics, you know? Right. And maybe, I mean, I don't know. I wrote a whole fucking book. I blew people up, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. So maybe but- I'm just feeling particularly sensitive because I'm like newly dating. Ish. Yeah. Well, I mean, not right now. I'm not dating anyone, guys. I mean, I'm not even right, like but- actively pursuing dating anyone <laughs> because I have now what four weeks until boarding school, and I'm just what am I? Gonna, I'm going to go out on some dates. Yeah. What's that guy going to put up with? Just me crying? <laughs> <laughs> Eat what's on the plate in front of you right now. Don't don't order anything else. I just don't have any interest in like <laughs> trying to establish a new relationship with someone in this moment. Yeah. In my life and time and it's fine um but I just mean like maybe I'm feeling hypersensitive yeah to that piece of it because of my own situation fine okay let's just forget about that part um but in it he like outlines these things that he calls are his boundaries for the relationship and it's so clearly they aren't boundaries it's it's like a he's control he's trying to control her he's just trying to control what she does what she posts, who she hangs out with. And he's saying things like, this is what I need to show, like to see that you respect me in our relationship anyway. One thing I thought, there's a lot there. There's a lot there to unpack. Because because in some ways, I sort of was appreciative (laughs) of seeing it all laid out like that. Yeah. Because then she clearly could be like, no, that's unacceptable. All these things are not boundary. You know what I mean? Like right. she could have what it sounds like. she The relationship ended shortly after that. Like right. she had an appropriate reaction to that. And what sometimes happens in these situations, like I have been in myself personally in romantic relationships, is that it's such a like sort of more insidious slow burn right of a thing where you don't actually get the text message that's like here's a don't, list. you're not you can't post pictures of yourself in a bikini that's not respectful to me you can't hang out with these people that's not respectful to me these are my boundaries right like it happens in such a a more like a slower burn of a yeah. way and where you don't and know so, what the rules are you're guessing or yeah I don't know. Like all I'm all I'm saying is that like in 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 lots of instances of men controlling or trying to be controlling of the I'm just talking about heter cis hetero relationships because really that's all I can speak to. Right. 
I have seen with myself, I've had personal experience and with friends of mine in these relationships where the very thing that the man is attracted to you in the first place becomes the very thing that he wants to squash. Right. And not allow you to show the rest of the world. Right. And that to me is like a bigger piece of the conversation that needs to be looked at by all men, cis, hetero men who are in relationships, period. Because I think it's a thing that happens so frequently. Yeah. And like, I just imagine that a lot of dudes who also have like kind of a pattern of once they whether it's their own insecurity, I don't, this is the, this is the Hoffman thing. It doesn't matter what the fucking, what, what the reason is behind the behavior. It's your yeah. job to like figure it out and fix it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And maybe it's different for like, maybe all men have different reasons why they do this. But like, I just have had experience and I think it's super interesting and I've seen it many times with women that I'm friends with where over time, slowly in their relationships, sometimes quickly, the the very thing that their partner was attracted to in the first place becomes the thing that drives them insane. And they like, like gel, like they can't handle, they don't want them to be that person. They, they don't, don't want, want you them to dressing be, the way that you dressed when you met them. They don't want, no, or they they don't want you. you. Yeah. (laughs) They don't want you to continue to be successful. (laughs) Right, right. Or they don't want you to be the center of attention. Or they don't want you to have lots of different friends who are men or to be, you know, like all, or even women that, you know, from your recent, from your recent past or whatever he said. What did yeah, say? and it's just like, why did you fall in love with a wild person then, in your opinion? Like, what? That's on you, dude. <laughs> like, that's on you. Yeah. The season of travel, tis upon us. It is. It is, and it's also like, it's time to start planning for the next travel season. I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. Yeah, you're right. And it's also, I'm going to say this, it's also wedding season. Right. And it's also a birthday season for a lot of us. Graduations. Graduations. So many reasons to travel. Dropping your children off at boarding school. (laughs) Exactly. Just me? Just me? Oh, interesting. (laughs) Maybe some uh, select other listeners. Because your child wanted to go to Europe? Well, she will be traveling in style because of base. I told like a big travel story last week on the podcast and I'm going to be traveling upcoming and base luggage is what is keeping me sane. Well, I agree because first of all, my airport anxiety is real. My packing (laughs) anxiety is real because I have ADD. Yeah. But base has literally thought of everything that you could ever want in a piece of luggage. There's 360 degree gliding wheels. There's a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, which is what I really need. Washable bags included for your dirty clothes. All these little interior pockets. Yes. And, and 
The Weekender bag has my favorite thing that I've ever seen, which is a separate little zip compartment that you can put your shoes in so that your dirty bottoms of your shoes don't touch any of your clothing. And that, to me, makes it all worthwhile. They've thought Girl, of everything. Do you know about the mini weekender and the convertible weekenders where the shoe compartment is there, but it also zips off so that you can use your weekender just as a regular bag without the shoe compartment on it. Okay. Well, that's genius. Because like when, once you get to your destination, you're probably going somewhere where you need like a bag. You want to use it as your beach bag. Yeah. I yeah. love it. So I I'm love getting it. that. So you want to use it to go out on the lake. Yeah. You want I mean, to use it to it was, go to the was, hike. It was already genius. It was already genius and Shay Mitchell improved it. I mean, listen, I know they advertise on the podcast. Can we book <laughs> Shay Mitchell as a as a guest? I'm yes, I would love that. I'm like obsessed. I'm, I'm obsessed re- with this luggage. I love it so much. I don't know her, but I will happily reach out to her on I think some, we gotta try. Some type I think we of gotta social try because I love her. <laughs> but I really love this luggage. I really love this luggage. Me too. So guys, listen. I'm saying, here's what I'm saying. Bring this luggage to the wedding. Give it as the wedding gift to your friends. Bring the luggage to your reunion, your friend group reunion, and bring bring it as a birthday present to your friend who's turning 40. I'm just saying, guys. All of it. We love base. And treat yourself. Treat yourself. It's really reasonable for it luggage. It is reasonable. I just saw, I just saw it at... Um, Nordstrom yesterday, and I was, it was hard for me to not just buy all of the new colorways that I saw. And all <laughs> things. I was very like base, base in the wild. You know how I feel when yeah. we see our products in the wild. They're get not excited. our products, guys. We don't, you know. But we, I feel, we get excited because we legit excited. love base. We love base. Okay. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash best. Go to basetravel.com slash best for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S-T-R-A-V-E-L dot com slash best. Oh, you guys are going to thank us. Okay, well, here comes the song, guys. Faria, 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 Faria. Guys, <laughs> if they don't hire me, when they start running ads on television, if they don't hire me to sing that song, there's no justice I in mean, the world. there's no justice, but I, I feel like they will. I feel like they like what you're doing. I like what they're doing. <laughs> to me. Me too. I mean, <laughs> real talk. If my kids are listening, please block your ears. But we just ordered a big basket of Foria to to restock our, our Foria. <laughs> you guys, imagine the best orgasm or sex you've ever had now. I need you to imagine that it could be better. It could be. It could be better. Because there are products that are designed by Foria to naturally enhance your sexual pleasure and give you access to bigger and better orgasms. And that's solo, with a partner, with a few, with a device. Whatever you're into, whatever you've got whatever going on. Whatever it is. Whatever you got going on, Foria's like, here we are. We're here to support 
your labia, <laughs> and your clitoris, and whatever else you've got going on, and whatever else you've got going on. Uh, Foria uses all natural and plant based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. Also, any perimenopausal ladies out there, anyone going through a bit of the change or the change itself, I'm going to tell you, I've heard from my friends who've had it happen <laughs> that Foria has been a game changer yeah. for them. Truly. That's all I'm going to say. Truly. Listen, I'm not there yet, but you better believe I'm not even going to notice any discomfort because I'm going to be so lubed up with that sex oil <laughs> and the awaken arousal oil. I'll be like, wait, what are you guys talking about? Wait, what happens? I don't even know about that. Yeah, no, I mean, honey, I've been using Foria. Mm-mm. It makes a huge difference because it's just like that when this happens, so much has already changed in your life that you just can't manage one more change. But this is like a change for the better. Like it's it's better than before. So highly recommend Foria uh, just to keep you in the game, you know? To keep us in the game, to up the game. <laughs> to up to the game. Up it. Yes, you're right. To up you're it right. to new levels, new heights <laughs> that you never even thought were possible. Guys, that's why used together Foria's Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil are the perfect combo for peak pleasure. So we are encouraging you, if you have not yet already, you need to try it and buy it for your friends. Again, yeah. going to a wedding this year, summer. <laughs> A birthday party? 100%. For Foria for the gang. Anyone can bring a bottle of wine to a dinner party as a hostess <sighs> gift. But be courageous. Be bold. Bring your hostess for you. My God, that just, that just, I'm going to stay at someone's house and I just realized that I now know what my hostess gift is. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. Thank you. Um... We fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it as often as possible. And you can start with a bottle of Foria or five bottles of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash best or use code best at the checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash best for 20% off your first order. We recommend trying the Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil. You're going to thank us. Well, and also, I think another important point is that, and I don't know that this is necessarily true in the case of Jonah Hill and his former girlfriend. I'm guessing, based on my many years of experience, that it probably is. It wouldn't have mattered if he sent her that checklist of things that were his boundaries. And she said, I'm so sorry that I overstepped all of these boundaries. I will stop doing all of these things effective immediately. He would have continued to find new boundaries that she was threatening. Like when someone is trying to control you, it's not even just, it's not even about getting the other person to a place where that person feels like they're under control and then they're happy. That's not mm -hmm. the case. There, it's mm -hmm. always going to be fucking something. It's mm -hmm. going to be like the way that you walked past someone on the street mm -hmm. and like he noticed that you hesitated, like you wanted to look at them or something. Like it's just made up shit. Don't I know it? 
<laughs> so it, there's just, I mean, good for her. The school post Because move. I think, like, <laughs> she knew there was no winning. And so, you know, you, there's the only way you can handle that is to get out of the game. So, I, I mean, like I said, I don't know their business. I don't know what precipitated it. I don't know what moved her to, like, post this stuff now because I think they've been bro- broken up for quite some time. But um, something did, as you said. And so, but I just feel like in my experience, it doesn't matter. You, and and everybody listening who's ever been through this, you know that. You know that, like, when the guy that you started dating, uh, when you had blonde hair, tells you that he thinks you should color your hair brown, that that's not the last thing he ever asks of you. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it never ends. It never ends. I don't know that there's any that there's any winning in that situation. Well, there, Which sure, is wild because that? on this very podcast, I raved about the documentary about Jonah Hill and his therapist and what mm-hmm. a great, you know, I'm not saying that that guy's not a great therapist. I'm just saying this shit is all really complicated, you know? Like, who knows? That guy seemed like a good therapist to me, Based on the documentary, but like, uh, I don't know th- that they got to the root of the issue, maybe. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but then know. are, we, but then that raises the question, like, how honest are we in therapy? You know, well, that's, like, that's a big thing. That's a big thing. Yeah. And how honest are we with ourselves? Right. Which is the bigger thing. Right. I think. Yeah. Because being honest with yourself requires sitting with some like pretty gross feelings sometimes. Yeah. A lot of times. I mean, just that's just being human. Yeah. I think. Well, I mean. That's everything we avoid are things that feel bad. So we're not dealing with things that feel bad, but then we're not dealing with them. And then next thing you know. You're canceled on the internet because your ex blew up all your texts. Listen. (sighs) Gina's got feelings. (laughs) You were having a dream. (laughs) Gina, come here. You're literally having like a lucid nightmare or something, Gina. (laughs) Come here. (laughs) Anyway, I... I don't know. I uh, I don't know, Casey. Here's my main takeaway from it. Seth mm-hmm. Rogen stays winning, you know? He stays winning. He's like, all those guys that I feel like came up in that generation or whatever, I'm like, Seth Rogen, I, I think he's like, talked honestly about every problematic thing that has like come into his orbit as far as I know you know I can only go on what I know I and like yeah just seems to be growing up and maturing into like a person yeah I mean I think that Seth is really I mean just this is my personal this is literally my personal <laughs> feeling yeah because from people that I know, I know all of everyone personally involved yes, yeah. in all of that you're talking about like Seth is the product of very progressive, cool, liberal, hippie, hippie parents. Yeah. 
um, Canadian hippie parents. Uh, he has like a really strong, solid family core. Yeah. And he met and married like a very badass, awesome woman. And like, yeah, grew up like with, you know, and they like, and they're partners and she's, yeah, I think that, you know, not to not give Seth credit, but like, I do think the people you choose to surround yourself with say a lot about you and who you become. And like, he married a really smart, interesting, complicated feminist, badass woman who I think has held him accountable to previous thoughts or feelings or ideas or behavior of, not that he was ever, he never had any um, shady behavior, but I just mean, even though people that he was around or, you know, like the kinds of things he was, you know, a part of. He could have gotten, yeah, he could have gotten stirred up in. I just feel like he's the, he's the champion of that generation of men. (laughs) Like he's doing the best. He has done the best and is doing the best. And Keanu Reeves, as we recently spoke about. We love Keanu. No, but also I think it's, um, (laughs) I do think it's about recognizing when you, for men, when you can't be complicit, you can't be a bystander, a silent bystander because he's just, he's my friend and he's nice to me. Right. Because I think that that's where it fails like, that's where I see it crumble so frequently, right? Is the men oh, sure. who yeah. just allow questionable slash abusive behavior. Right. Men and women, I guess, of their friends because they're like, well. Right. I don't right. I mean, it's not for me. The most say, shocking you know. example or the most like. It, it was a fascinating example, I guess, kind of. Remember that Arrested Development panel when Jessica Walter said that she had been treated kind of badly on set? And, mm-hmm. like, all of these guys that I really admire, like, I think she was basically implicating Jeffrey Tambor as, like, not treating her well on the set of Arrested Development. And the guys kind of, like, and, you know, like, it was an awkward situation because who expects that to come up like on some interview panel or whatever, but also like, you know, again, who knows what precipitated it. Um, but I, I the guys were kind of this. like, do you remember it? And mm-hmm. the, the guys who I really admire and I think they're so talented, were kind of like, uh, you know, like kind of just trying to play it off, which I mean, if that's what happened, then I feel like, People must have seen it. And only Alia Shawkat, a young woman, was like, wait, like, let her say what she has to say. Like, really kind of stuck up for Jessica Walter in that moment that told me, like, you know, it's, it's fucking complicated. But it sounded to me like Jessica Walter was like trying to work in this situation that wasn't ideal for her and that there were bystanders that were just like, well, you know, it's not, it's not bad for me, you know? Anyway. I mean, she was a fucking genius, by the way. Jessica Walter? Oh, yes. 
Yes, a genius. She's she was genius. Yeah, she was just incredible. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's a it's a weird um, it's a weird situation, and it's weird to have part of the information, but not all of the information, and you know this person put it out there so it's clearly something that she wanted people to to see um mm-hmm. who knows why like what pushed her to that point of frustration um i do feel like sometimes sometimes when you're in a relationship with someone in you know it, whether it's like a professional relationship or a romantic relationship or just whatever kind of relationship with someone who's in the public eye and you're not in the public eye like that mm-hmm imbalance of power can be difficult because you know that while you just, you know, you know that you don't have the same amount of power in the relationship. And that's like just power on a day-to-day basis, but also like the power of public perception or whatever, like if there Mm -hmm. is anything to be publicly perceived. So, you know, I know that there have been times when I think people thought something else of me because of my proximity to someone famous or whatever. And um, it's a weird situation to be like, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're explaining, like, oh, I'm not actually in a romantic relationship with this person or like whatever it is, whatever it is that you feel like you have to explain. Like people sort of fill in the details, I think, of how things go and it's always wild and it's never exactly how it is. So... I don't know what happened between them where she felt like she had to, you know, she felt like she had to just spill the beans and not even uh, have it be an anonymous item on Dumois. She just was like full out. And I feel like she tried to be vague in the beginning, but then quickly realized that everyone was just going to know who she was talking about anyway. So she might as well just name names and right shoot the moon and give up everything. Yeah. And like, by the way, it's her right to do that. I don't, I just, (laughs) I'm just like. I mean, it's a further good lesson, even for good people, which is that like anything that you're saying into a voicemail, anything that you ever tweet or post on social media or text to anyone becomes fair game in the court of public opinion, sometimes in actual just court. So, you know, just... Be be careful what you're what you're putting out there if you want to try to deny it, you know, or if you feel like something that you're saying could be like misconstrued or whatever, like don't say it, you know. But it's it's hard to we live in modern times where everybody says everything on these digital devices. Well, not me. <laughs> I kind of feel like yeah, I kind of feel like, well, you know. I don't know. He said those things, so maybe he stands by them. I don't know. I've also heard, like, guys being like, he was just trying to express his boundaries, and, you know, and I'm like, those aren't boundaries. Boundaries well, right. are like, well, okay. you know, this is, I go to bed early, way, so don't make noise <laughs> in the living room while I'm sleeping. By, by the way, like, again, I do have to say there's something, like, the 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 use of the word boundaries is, like, exhausting to me yeah because it's such a misuse of therapy speak however 
like people have a right to be however they want to be in relationships. Do you know what I mean? For Maybe sure. like I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate of like these yeah. dudes or whatever that are like defending him. Sure. Like if, you know, if those were the things that he needs to feel secure, maybe that's, maybe that is, but at least like, you know, she, she's not the girlfriend for him, obviously. Right. That's what and, I, that's what I was, my, a big takeaway for me is that he was like giving her a list of like, whatever, like violations that she had committed or whatever. And then he was saying, like, if you can't stop doing these things, I'm not the right person to be in a relationship with. And I was just like, well, if you had like self-respect and you were being healthier, this would be a breakup with her. You would be saying like, it's clear that the things that are meaningful to you are, you know, are too hurtful for me where I am. So it seems like we don't belong together. But he wasn't. He was like reprimanding her and then giving her an ultimatum. And so that to me is like, that also was like part of the controlling language. Because I think like, had he been in a better place, he would have just said like, all of these things that are so you and are all the things that, as you were saying, like that interested me when we first started going out, it turns out that I can't handle them and so it seems like we're not a good match. So right. like, like it's not you, be great. it's me. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But he right. made it, it's not me, it's you. Right. Right. Which is just, ugh. Which is basically like, you might as well just text, I don't like how you are, change. You know, like uh, that's what he was saying. Fuck. But ugh. she didn't, she didn't change. And Thank I God. mean- Who knows? Like, who, uh, again, who the fuck knows if they had some kind of, like, ongoing beef or whatever. And I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying this woman was a good girlfriend because I don't know. You know what I mean? I didn't see any texts from her back to him, really. Except for she, like, argued with him a little bit about what a thong was. I don't know this person. I'm just saying, like, just looking at that one lengthy text, I was like, I probably would have walked away from that. I like to think I would have. Yeah. <laughs> but I also know that it's not that easy when you're in it. It's like the sunk cost fallacy, right? It's the same as in business where you're like, I've invested so much into this. And so I should like keep with it and hope mm. that it gets better. Mm. Yeah. But sometimes the answer is you've invested so much into this and it looks like it's going to keep asking you for stuff. And so the longer you stay, the more you're going to have invested into it with no returns. And so maybe just walk away from your investment now. Count your losses. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I've been thinking about it a lot, the whole thing for the last several days. And then I had posted a carousel of images and there were so many weird fucking comments about my kids and armpit hair and my teenagers. And I was like, what is this hellhole that we live in? Who are these people? And why am I subjecting myself to this or any of anyone that I love to this? And then I realized like, oh, because like a great deal of my income is now tied to it. And yet, the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, I 
I don't know. I know that I'm like these, these, these guys, our guys, these guys, the guys listening, our readers. <laughs> hey guys. Hello. Hey readers. Guys. <laughs> I know that you're not the ones zooming in on my children's wearing my child wearing a white shirt and being like, you can see her nipples, which I don't even know where to start with that. But also the armpit hair, like people, did you see this on my Oh, I didn't see it. I saw your posts, but I didn't see, I didn't read the comments. You know what? I never read your comments because there's so many spam comments that makes me crazy. I delete them. I th- I do a pretty good job of deleting those spam comments. I just I it just makes me crazy that like the platform can't get it together to like not to, you know, shut that down, but whatever. So I never read the comments just because I'm like I'm going to get annoyed that Instagram doesn't police spam better and that's not a productive use of my time. Yeah. <laughs> songs for us. Athletic <laughs> Greens. A listener wrote in that they saw someone drinking Athletic Greens and they sang the song. I love that that's a part of people's idea of what Athletic Greens <laughs> is now. Athletic Greens. <laughs> well, listen, guys. Athletic Greens has been a partner to us on this podcast and in real life now for almost the entirety of this podcast. And one of the reasons why is because they have a product that Casey and I genuinely love and use that makes us feel good, that takes care of many different issues, whether we're traveling or at home, you know, all of the things that are important to us health-wise sort of can be addressed with Athletic Greens. For me, a lot of times it's gut health, especially when I'm traveling, especially when I'm on the road. Yeah. The gut health is the first thing that I'm like, oop, that doesn't feel great. Yeah. I'm just never going to accomplish all the vitamins and minerals that I should be getting through my diet with my diet. It's not possible for me. Well, for me, it's like, you know, we've, I've, I've said this before, but like I remember sitting down with those mountains of supplements that my (laughs) doctor gave me. And he was like, so sure that I could handle them. And I was, I was like, I'll give it a go. And like at the end of the first day I had taken one and a half (laughs) of the things. This isn't sustainable. Like I can't, I can't do this daily because I'm not, because I'm not going to. <laughs> and that's why gonna... Athletic Greens is so good. It's just one easy scoop. It's so easy to do. It's something that I'm doing anyway. Every morning I'm like preparing beverages for myself. So it just couldn't be easier. And also it tastes good, which is very important to me. Well, to me, that's kind of like the biggest thing, you know? <laughs> like, I uh, truly. Right. I, and, and it tastes great, like without anything else, like just in water. Exactly. Shaken up. It exactly. works. Um, and it's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto or paleo or vegan or dairy-free or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. It still tastes delish. Supports sleep quality, recovery. It's great when you're traveling. It costs less than $3 a day. And again, you don't have to like carry a bunch of 
pills and supplements <laughs> around with you and try to figure out. Like, I remember trying at one point to travel with like a little plastic baggie filled with all these different supplements. And I was like, I don't even remember which one's which. Like, oh, what am I Lord. supposed to even take? I know. I get nervous in security. And also Ugh. I get nervous trying to swallow those because sometimes my body just doesn't want to swallow rejects one them. of those down. Just rejects yeah. them. It's like- I'm my, with you. Yeah, it's not happening. So Athletic Greens goes down smooth and easy. Nothing to worry about. One scoop, no bottles, no baggies. Done. It's amazing. Right now, guys, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially because it always seems like someone's sick anywhere you go. You <laughs> it's just kidding. one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash busy. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash busy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Listen, on the show today, the show, I love that I call it the show. <laughs> on the show today, we really talk a lot about how small decisions can have even a bigger impact than you think, than you realize. Right. right. Um, and that's true well, even when it comes to daily routines. Uh, Thrive Cosmetics, which you know, you know Makes we love the their, tubing mascara. We love that we're their obsessed mascara, with liquid lash extensions mascara. Obsessed, long time obsessed. Well, they just launched a new skincare brand that's dedicated to making conscientious, innovative vegan products that blend nourishing ingredients for a very powerful impact. It's called Bigger Than Beauty Skincare. And the products feature dermatologist-recommended formulas that deliver transformative results. Um, first of all, I love everything that I have tried. The gel cleanser, the Bright Balance Hydrating Gel Cleanser. I love a gel cleanser because it makes me feel like my skin is getting clean. Yes. And it, this one in particular, I will say... I feel very hydrated. My skin feels hydrated. It right. doesn't feel like dried Stripped. out. Right. Mm -mm. Or tight. Right. Um, and it doesn't and sting my face, was, which is a huge problem for me. Yes, because I have very sensitive skin, very sensitive eyes, and it's very gentle. It supports your skin's pH balance. So it gets rid of your makeup and the sunscreen and all the pollution from the day, um, but it doesn't disrupt your skin's moisture barrier which is important. Then there's the Liquid Brilliance Super Serum. It brightens your skin. It has niacinamide and amino acids. And it really works. I love the Super Serum. And then you were saying the eye cream you love. The eye cream is really great. I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm hanging in there okay. Like, you handling my aging well, but you under are. my eyes have has really started to change over the past year. And well. so I want to pay special attention to it, but also that skin is really sensitive. So I've been careful about what I've been putting under there, but 
Their Defying Gravity Eye Lifting Cream is great and it doesn't bother me at all and gives me a little depuffing action, which everyone can use in the morning. So I like it. Well, it's a good choice for your skin and for your routine because they're products that deliver real results more efficiently without irritation. All bigger than beauty skincare products are made from vegan ingredients guys, and they come in environmentally respectful packaging that reduces waste. And most importantly, for every product purchased, Bigger Than Beauty skincare donates to help communities thrive. That's why we love Thrive Cosmetics. And now we really love Bigger Than Beauty skincare. So simplify your routine, amplify your impact with a brand new skincare line that's bigger than beauty. Get 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash busy. That's Thrive Cause, C-A-U-S-E, medics.com slash busy for 20% off your first order. I just was like, I just have fucking had it with people. Like, I fucking had it with people who, like, I don't, who just think that this is, it's control. Like, honestly, I fucking had it with everyone thinking that it's their job to police or control everyone else all the fucking time. Yeah. Because outside of, like, the few things that actually we should be sort of policing and controlling. And none of it's your fucking business. Right. Like, at all. Not on social media, not in the fucking government, not in your fucking states. You don't get to tell me how I can parent my fucking child. That is, like, the basis. I I don't even understand these fucking constitutionalists or whatever they're called. I thought that was the whole fucking point. (laughs) Well, you know that constitutionalists don't know shit about the Constitution, first of all. (laughs) Just, I mean. I'm sure. No, because I follow those guys. um, Jason Selvig and Dave Amrans, or I don't know how to say his last name. Um, The Good Liars. Yeah. Do you follow them? I don't think I do. But. They're the ones that like go out to like the Trump rallies and oh, they yeah, like yeah. interview people and it feels like the way that they do it is earnest. Yeah. And people just say the most bad shit, fucking nuts things. And then they just sort of call them on their hypocrisy to their faces. They catch the idiots in their own fucking idiocy. Um the, I don't follow them because you don't, those are the kind of accounts you don't really need to follow because people are going to put just them into up. your timeline. Yeah. 100%. And I'm like, that way it it's all the really good ones I see and I don't see any of the clunkers. But it's just, I'm so like, I'm really having a, I'm really having a, a moment. I'm really having a hard time. You're having a hard time. Yeah. (laughs) I just um, don't know, guys. I don't know how it's going to get better. I don't know how this shit's going to get better. Because these very small politicians (laughs) 
are just keep going in and passing laws in the middle of the night, restricting the rights and of of LGBTQIA people, of anyone with a fucking uterus. They're just doing it. They're just doing it against the will of the American people. And they can because the Supreme Court's been stacked. And we're like, and the they're clearly not doing anything to rectify this like false fucking court, which is just obscene and totally insane. Right. And then when you even get into it further, like the guys who were sort of like appropriately appointed, turns out, have just been like taking fucking yacht trips and of all of them, you know, even hundred thousand dollar champagne flights or whatever, like, in exchange, in exchange, in exchange. And it's just, like, the more that it, the more time this all goes on, this, like, slow sort of unraveling of whatever the idea of the fabric of whatever this fucking country experiment is supposed to be, is, like, it's making me more and more insane. Like I yeah. just feel because I because then I see it reflected in every piece of my life. Like some lady commenting about my kids needing to shave their armpits or whatever. And then I'm like in a spiral. Right. And I can't seem to get the fuck out of it. Right. And I just feel like I don't know what we're supposed to do anymore. Cause it really does feel like it doesn't matter. And I know that that's like what they want you to think. And like, we've had these conversations and I got, I just, I don't know. I don't fucking know. It continues to baffle me. Like other than like continuing to make choices to show up and support marginalized groups of people in this country, which I will continue to do in all the ways that I can do it. I don't fucking know. I really don't know what to do. Yeah, I think I get it. If I may, because I feel like what it sounds like to me is like probably you're feeling the same as a lot of people. And and I keep seeing people that I know, well, speaking of social media, whether people are tweeting or putting it on threads, like, you know, I voted hard last time, but now I guess I have to vote even harder you know, and and I get it. I get that sentiment about, like, and when people are talking about, you know, you asked us to vote for the lesser of two evils, and now bad shit is still happening. And, you know, the way that government is set up in this country is kind of fucked up. It's supposed to be a system of checks and balances, but I think it got out of balance, and now people are running unchecked, doing crazy shit that, like, other people's hands are kind of tied and they're powerless to do anything against because of, like, this Supreme Court that, like, right up to, you know, I was wondering for a second, like, why Justice, Chief Justice Roberts seems like, to me, like, he's has some fucking sense in his head and, like, why is he allowing this to happen? And then I just read today that Chief Justice Roberts' wife does some kind of business and her clients have had cases appear before the Supreme Court and he hasn't recused himself. So even he is guilty of it. Am I seeing this about Justice Sotomayor? No. Am I seeing this about 
uh, Justice Jackson, no. So, I mean, it, it seems fairly obvious that this is like an ongoing known thing that everybody is kind of okay with. And like, also, I got to be honest, like I've never, I don't, like what is the power of the liberal justices to be like, hey, by the way, all these guys are on the take or whatever. Like I've never heard them speak out on it. And all I've ever heard is that they have a collegial relationship and they're friendly and, you know, and they don't hate each other, even though their views are so different. And I'm like, are they allowed to be like, oh, by the way, all of these people are fucking crooks? I don't know, because if I was like one of the, if I was Justice Sotomayor, I'd be like, where the fuck's my yacht, bitch? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, or yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't know what this what the the remedy is here besides like expanding the court or blowing up the court and by that i mean dissolving the court <laughs> i did see that like there's been some bill proposed like i don't know i guess encouraging people to come forward about uh, justices to come forward about their conflicts of interest and you know whatever it, it, this is all to say like our government and our country is fucked up. Like, it's fucked up and they've set it up so that everything is a huge fight for your fucking life. You know? But what I want to tell you, because you're my friend and I love you and I want you to be able to, like, have some peace in your heart is that this is the country that you're from. But this country is not you. You know what I mean? Like, it's no, it's no reflection on you where we are in this country right now, it's not your fight to fight alone. And that, like, as much as you can, you are living this whole separate life apart from, like, all the frustrating things about this country. You know what I mean? Like, you're just... I'm struggling to, like, say this properly. I, I'm not saying... You can forget about any of those things because you can't. And as we know, like, well, that's one thing about Threads is like the new boss of Threads over on Facebook was like, this is going to be generally not a political place because even though that stuff has its place, we want to keep this, you know, so that it's whatever. But the answer that everybody had is the answer that we've always had is that everything is political. Everything you do is political. So to try to take politics out of something is not possible. But I just think that, you know, I think that we have to live in a way where we know that we're doing the most right thing that we can. And that means, like, taking care of other people and taking care of ourselves as best we can and then doing our duty to take care of the country as best we can. But a lot of it is, like, you know, it's fucking out of our control a lot of times, you know? And that's not just in this country. It's in every country. I know. But, like, I, you know, Bertie and I just finished that Hulu show about the Frank family and Meep Geese who hid, who helped hide right. the, like about, it was really, it's really great, you guys. I really want you to watch it. It's called A Small Light. It's on Hulu. 
I don't think it's probably, I mean, it depends like how you're like, how like a 10 or 11 year old, maybe, but like yeah. definitely teenagers, Bertie yeah. loved it. Um, But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, maybe it's just it's not a thing that Cricket would be interested in, so she didn't watch it. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I mean, Cricket's just like has very specific interests, yeah. you know, and like wouldn't yeah. want. She didn't want to watch it. Um, but w- like the sort of enduring message of Meep and Yon Geese, and honestly, so many Emily's fucking grandfather who was a resistance fighter in right. um, Poland. Like, he was one of, like, the Jewish young men who literally fucking hid in the woods after his entire family was murdered. Right. And, like, hid in the woods with a gun and with other young men and, like, right. was a resistance fighter. But the the message of A Small Light is that ordinary people can make a huge difference, you know? Right. Through, by doing the right thing. by ju- Just by doing the right thing. Right. The problem becomes right now, so many people think they're doing the right thing, and they're not. Right. And that's like... Even in watching that show and thinking about the rise of Nazis back then, which was not 75 years ago. It's not that long ago, guys. And the rise of fascism and white supremacy even more and Nazi, like literal Nazis all worldwide right now. And, you know, we, they... Every there, <laughs> we can dissect what happened in Europe, like post World War One, and why Hitler was able to captivate so many people into believing a thing, a narrative, yeah, about another group of people. We're sitting in this exact same fucking moment. How do we stop it? How do we fucking stop the messages from continuing to spread about young, about trans people, about our gay and lesbian friends, about trans youth, about Jews again, right. <laughs> fucking again? Yeah, I mean, it's, again, like, it's so much easier now because of these devices that we have and this technology that we have. So much easier now than it was then. But it's also so much easier for counter-messaging to get out there, I guess. I don't but know. But is it? That's the big question. That's what we have to ask ourselves. Like, it, like, I mean, Twitter is like Nazi playground now. You know oh what I mean? God, literally, like, did you see, like, the head of the Taliban was like, today? I don't even yeah. know. Was that even, was that real? Maybe it was a joke. Who knows? Who knows? But Twitter became like, oops, all Nazis, you know? And I mean, to think that No, 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 this is real news. This is real news. The Taliban leader endorses Twitter over threats. Yeah, of course. Of course. 
And like to think like, oh, this wasn't intentional. This wasn't intentionally like cultivated to be like a safe space for people. But then you have to remember like only even though like 100 million people signed up for threads in the first weekend or whatever, or however many hundreds of millions are on Twitter, it's only a fraction of the world. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so to try to apply that to society at large isn't probably, it's just not accurate. And I think it'll probably scare you more than you need to be scared or make you feel more confident than you need to feel sometimes because people just use statistics all the time and numbers all the time to like make their own case that they already wanted to make no matter what and to feel better or worse about something. But I just think like what you were talking about, about regular people being resistance fighters, you know what I mean? Like they were just regular people who just did the right thing. And I think like to me, when you were talking about the right thing versus people who think they're doing the right thing, but they're not, What I always think of is, like, when a Ted Cruz says that he's doing the right thing, everything that he's suggesting is against someone else. So that automatically tells me that's not the the right thing for people. That's the right thing for you and for people that that think that they're like you. So that's not the right thing. When I'm trying to do the right thing, I'm trying to do the most right thing for all the people around me. And not trying to hurt anyone, even someone who doesn't like me and doesn't like what I stand for. I'm not trying to hurt that person. I'm trying to help everyone. Same. So to to me, it's clear like what right versus not right is, you know? But how do we get through to people that are not right? I don't know. Because they're fucking shameless. Like, honestly, I have shame. I know you have shame. I know mostly everybody I know has shame, but they're fucking shameless. They just don't have shame. Well, because they're, because their religions are false. Because they worship (laughs) false idols. Sorry that I'm bringing it into the religious conversation, (laughs) of which I have very little room to even talk about but i'm just saying it's true they've like well they use all of false these like, religion as a shield too you yeah know false what i mean, like I mean they've like bastardized whatever christianity was intended i mean right. i mean what was if who even fucking we can't i can't even get into that i mean religion right but they're using a version of the bible that they've bastardized to make fit their little small ideas, but the, really, but really to line their pockets. Like it really is rooted in money. Mm-hmm. I mean, Catholics yeah. were anti abortion because the more kids you have, the more tithings you owe the church. It's just money. Right. The more children you have, you can't have birth control or abortion because you need to pay the church all of the money that you make. And the more children you have, you owe them more. Right. And then we, you know, back to the conversation (laughs) about, like, guys being bystanders while other guys behave badly. That happens a lot, too, because people get down on religion, which I think, like, religion has the potential to be a really positive force in people's lives. 
if it's used in a way that is for good and for right and for justice, as we were discussing. But what happens is I think a lot of times good people stand by while bad people use their religion as a shield. And they're kind of like, yeah, but he was nice to me. You know, he's cool with me because, like, I'm shoulder to shoulder with him in this religion. I'm. How many fucking times have you heard someone say, I don't agree with everything that guy says, but— right. He has some good points. And it's like, yeah, but the things that you don't agree with, why don't you agree? Because they're hateful, because they're wrong, and they're harmful and potentially injurious to other people. Like, that's that's who we need to start standing up. And it's just, it's all too rare where someone, you know, I would love for once to see someone say, how dare you? How dare you take my religion and use it as a shield to do the hateful things that you want to do? And when someone doesn't do that, I think either, gosh, they're so fucking passive and weak, so passive and weak and so fearful to stand up for what they know is right, or in their heart of hearts, they kind of agree with the person that they're saying they don't agree with everything they say. And so— that's a problem. It's That's a fucking a problem. problem. But also, like, I'm like, how many people are even religious now? You know what I mean? Like, for the most part, all I hear about religion is from people that are in politics and are using it as a cudgel and a shield. For the most part, oh, I think that I people think... being religious isn't as prevalent as it once was. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I think that there are so many, I don't know. I just have so many friends who are from the middle of, in the south of the, in the country. Yeah. I know what you're saying, but I do sort of feel like even the people who've <laughs> decided that they no longer, you know, that they're, they don't go to church or whatever, whatever, they still right. like follow along enough and count themselves as a part of yeah one of these like evangelical (laughs) ridiculous fucking gemstone bullshit churches (laughs) it's true I get that I get it you know what I'm saying like I think that I think that people and I and I think it brings people comfort to use it to justify their own hatred, misogyny, like racism, right? And you know, hatred of people who they think are not like them, whatever that right. means to them, right? Yeah, but they feel justified, and so they identify as such. Yeah, I'm a Christian. <laughs> And I think there were a lot of, I mean, dude, this fucking, I think I was like, I don't remember when it was. I think you talked about it on the podcast when I like accidentally saw, (laughs) I didn't really try to stay away, but I accidentally saw this Christian content comedian girl who was making fun of me for whatever. It doesn't even matter. It was deeply unfunny, first of all. Like, like well, my biggest issue, my biggest issue was the lack of comedy, if I'm being yeah. real. Um, That's usually it, the case. Oh, geez. I mean, 
not a joke to be had. Uh, but anyway, it did send me down this like rabbit hole a little bit. And like, yeah. you know, once you start clicking those profiles and yeah, I was, I was pretty much astonished. I was astonished hmm. at the world that exists out there. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, love, loving, mama, <laughs> you know, loving wife, wife, oh. not, wife first, yeah. husband, husband is the number one, like all this shit. Yeah. It, it was pretty, and even if it's like performative for social media, yeah. let's be real, obviously, you know, I was still like a little bit like, really? These, so many of these accounts exist? Holy <laughs> shit. And they, they all dress like that? I know. Here's the thing. Like, I honestly, I don't <laughs> give a shit if someone wants to do that trad wife thing. That's what the hashtag is, trad wife, like traditional wife. I don't give mm-hmm. a shit. If you want to live like that, if you want to oh have God. nine kids. Truly, if it's your kink, like, girlfriend, get it. Do it. Do it. But it doesn't mean that anyone else has to live that way. And you, by the time you have nine kids, you have your plate full. So just... Go ahead and don't do worry that. About like, don't spend any time worrying about what anyone else is doing. I really don't care. Like, I, I mean, like, people get uh, all wild about, like, this couple lives like it's the 1930s. Like, you know, the Daily Mail will do, like, an article on, like, a couple that they have only vintage appliances and only wear vintage clothes. And I'm like, I don't care. As long as you're not trying to actually go back to the 1930s, like you're not fighting for legislation that we had in the 1930s. I don't give a shit. Like live your life, live your life. It's just when you impinge on other people living their lives that I'm like, it's a problem, you know? But I don't give a shit. I guess... I don't give a shit either, truly. Like, you want to, like, wear ugly clothes and (laughs) that's fine. Wear your hair like that, go for it. And your makeup, (laughs) great. Live your truth. No, but the issue for me becomes not just, it's it's that it continues, it just continues to perpetrate these ideas that are not not good for even the people stuck in them. It's just not. Yeah. It's not. And it's not, like, beneficial. It just isn't. And it's, and, I don't know, maybe if, maybe it is. Maybe it is for them because they're, like, white and, I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of it. I'm just, like, it, it's really hard for me. Because I think... Your mistake is trying to make sense of it, maybe, because you're never going to understand it, you know? You're never going to understand the way a person like that thinks or why they think that way. Or maybe you would. I don't know. But the one thing that I would encourage you to remember is that, like, these are all individuals we're talking about. And so individually, they don't have any more power than you or me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, when shit catches on it's that's weird right to see like you see this account and it has like 300,000 likes and it's someone espousing like really wacky ideas um but you know I don't 
I don't know necessarily if they're indoctrinating people that wouldn't have had these ideas otherwise, or no, they're if children. It's children, or if people are coming to and like seeking this stuff out. I don't know the answer to that. The only thing that I just try to remember is like, well, Oprah has like a million people liking pictures of her vegetables. You know what I mean? So like, I'm hoping that it balances out, and I try not to give more mental power to these like ideas that are wild to me. I did have to like unfriend one Prince fan on Facebook because while he didn't have a huge powerful account, he did keep insisting that the earth was flat and like, (laughs) I just couldn't like, I, I mean, I stayed a little while for like the entertainment value of it. But then eventually I was like, even it started to drive me nuts, but like for the most part, Hopefully it balances out. I don't want to like turn a blind eye to this stuff, but also what good am I doing? Like watching, I don't even know what, like watching this stuff and spiraling about it, you know? Um, Is it better for me to like take myself away and do something as productive as trying to create something that I believe is like a better thing for people to latch onto or even something as small as just doing something personal, like wiping my fucking kitchen countertops is, uh, even though that's something a traditional wife would do, but also it's something that makes me feel better as like a person that lives in a home. But is that a more productive use of my five minutes than like watching, you know, a happy homemaker? Wait, how's it going in your rental? Have you guys been cooking in your vacation rental a lot? Well, a little bit, but I got to be honest with you. I'm going to have to start traveling with my green pants. <laughs> I kind of noticed. I didn't want to make you feel bad, but when I was there, I was, uh, you know, trying to help out in your kitchen a little bit. And there wasn't they a lot, bum- you know, because it's, it's a rental. But I know. But missing those green pans, I'm really missing them. It's hard when you get attached. I'm attached to my green pans. I'm especially (laughs) attached after I've like learned how much plastic we're all consuming all the time. And, you know, I'm trying to do well by my kids and feed them healthy foods and make good things. And then I'm like, but I can't use this like old, bad, (laughs) nonstick pan that's just like leaching chemicals into the, when you know better you have to do better right right and that's why I love green pan you've heard us talk about green pan guys <laughs> they're the best they make the best ceramic nonstick cookware money can buy they really revolutionized home cooking way back in 2007 when they introduced the world to ceramic nonstick cookware which is the first and the best toxin free alternative to cookware with traditional coatings. All their pans are free of PFAS's, PFOAs, lead, and cadmium. That's all bad stuff. I don't know what it does, but I know we don't want it in us. And I don't, <laughs> I know I don't want it in my eggs. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. You just don't. Yeah. All I want in my eggs is ketchup. That's exactly correct. <laughs> Also, you know what I love about Green Pan, too? What? 
They have a quiz on their site too. If you're like, I don't know what pans I need to buy. What's essential for me? Take the quiz. They'll tell you. That's they genius. They will help you. That's genius. And you know what else? If I'm being honest, I love the most about Green Pan. So cute. It's cute. It's got great <laughs> colors. They've got great colors. Because I just love that this company was like, you know what? We're going to make something that's useful and responsible and reasonably price to purchase, but also no reason we can't make it cute. So let's just make it cute. Exactly. I love mine. I love my little blue green pans back <laughs> in my house. I can't wait to get back to them. I mean, next time someone's going to really think I'm a crazy person when I pack my frying pan. And <laughs> you can pack a little frying pan in your I'm going in to your next carry-on. I mean, I'm going to have to next time. I can't trust these rentals out here. Or they're just going to get a little treat from me. I'm just going to send them a gift. Um, oh guys, toss your plastic pans. Upgrade your cookware with Green Pan. Head over to greenpan.us and use promo code BEST. And you're going to receive 30% off your entire order plus free shipping on orders over $99. That's right. 30% off. So head to Pan. Dot us and make sure you use our promo code BEST or, you know, they're not going to know that we sent you and that'll be a bummer. My Leo, my Leo, my Leo, my Leo. Photos. Is that good? <laughs> that was good. I liked it's it. A, it's a new one, guys. It's a new it's, one. We're, it's d- a we're new debuting banger. a new song. Song of the summer. A new jingle. <laughs> it's a game changer with the My Leo Photos app. It's very easy to organize, edit, and manage all of the years of photos, videos, and important documents in an offline library hosted on any device. And, and everyone in your family can have access. That's really impressive. I just think it's such a powerful photo storage system. You know, we're not back in the days where you got your photos from the photo mat and put them into a photo album. Now we all have all these hundreds and thousands of photos existing on our devices. that uh, we Across d- multiple devices. Across multiple devices per family. And we don't really have any real way to go back and search them or organize them, label them, find what we're looking for. Or so combine them. Combine them. And this is just a, such a powerful and easy system to use that it's like, it's honestly a no-brainer. It makes it so easy to search for any of your photos throughout your whole history. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about losing things or privacy issues or data corruption because it's not on a cloud system. It's 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 not, I mean, I like don't understand. <laughs> it's To <laughs> exactly. you, it's just magic. It's just it, to sorcery. Me, it's just magic, guys. <laughs> um, but they'll but, keep your files private and safe and you give access to only who you want to have access. And with the MyLeo Photos Plus subscription, all of my family's devices connect in one library. So that to me is a very important um, because we just want to like be able to all share and upload photos and see the ones from way back when from across all the devices. So why are you waiting? Get MyLeo Photos for free today on your computer or your mobile device by going to our special URL, myleo.com slash best. 
Plus, as one of our listeners, you're going to have access to special offers for MyLeo Photos Plus. Download MyLeo Photos for free right now through our special URL, mylio.com slash best. That's myleo.com slash best. I was talking about this yesterday at lunch. I went to lunch with uh, Janie, our friend Janie, and our friend Ashley, and our friend Kristen, who you would be friends with if you knew her, but I don't think you guys have ever met. And we were talking about how we used to be so into like cleaning TikToks because they're like relaxing in a way. Like mm, when somebody's I like, I do, I do, I love that. You know what? I, that's why I got that little green machine. Remember? Yes. And did because I, I saw that lady clean the shit out of her? disgusting car with it. Yes. And I think my mom must have been watching a lot of TikToks before she passed because every, like everything in her house that was purchased in the past year was like a cleaning thing from TikTok. So clearly this has like a hold on us. Uh But lately, and it's just been like the past week, I have been like sitting down and like, I think regulating my emotions by taking five minutes to watch like five minutes of cleaning TikToks. And Mm -hmm. I especially like the ones where they're like, watch me reset my bedroom, you know, or watch me reset the kitchen for tomorrow. And I went from really enjoying these and getting some like sense of calm and order from them to feeling a great deal of anxiety and despair just starting like a week ago because I was like, A, it's the same thing over and over. These people are just resetting their kitchens over and over. And also, it's always a woman. It's always late at night after the kids have gone to bed. And no one's ever fucking helping her. No one. It's just her, like Sisyphus pushing a rock up a hill, resetting the kitchen every fucking night. And it just made me, it reminded me of like one time Matt and I went to a sculpture garden and I honestly had a flip out in the sculpture garden because all the sculptures were like of important men on horses, like winning a war. And all the sculptures of women were like half naked with like a baby welded to their tit or whatever. And I was like, These women are stuck here forever nursing these babies. Like, I know they're not, but that's how I felt. I know they're not real, but this woman is enshrined in bronze nursing a baby. That baby will never grow. It will never get off her tit. And, you know, meanwhile, this guy's like up on his literal fucking high horse. And that's how I started to feel about Reset My Kitchen TikToks. And I was wondering if other people were feeling that way. And I feel like my friends were saying they're starting to feel the same way too, where it's just like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> like, yes, you do have to reset your kitchen, but why does like the guy that clearly lives in that house never help? Why does he never show up? Why are you doing it all yourself? Why aren't your kids helping? Why, why, why? And it's just became like so frustrating for me But I don't know that there's an answer to it. So my answer is like, well, I'm just going to stop watching those videos. (laughs) What type of videos have you been watching? Mostly just the memes that have popped up about Jonah Hill. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it, but I have been following is uh, Colleen Ballinger. Um, my God. My God. 
to be honest, I haven't been following it as much as maybe I could have been the Colleen Ballinger stuff. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, my kids were never that big of fans. Really, Birdie's friend B, when they were like 10, was a big fan. So that's how I kind of knew who she was. Um, She's like the haters back off person. And she had that character, but I never liked the character. Like it always, I always wasn't, it did always rubbed me the wrong way. Like I didn't think it was funny. Like it made, like that kind of stuff makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. In a, in a way that's like, I don't like it. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Anyway, regardless. So she had some grooming allegations. Tell me, tell me, you, you can tell me more. Here's what I know is that like, she supposedly messaged young fans things that people are now saying was inappropriate things about like are you a virgin you know stuff like that well i know about the song response the apology song <laughs> the ukulele because it's so non apology unreal and cringy that mark like made me watch it made me watch part yeah. of it. Yeah. And I was truly so horrified. I was like, you have to turn this off right now. This is not nice to me. Like, this is making me, like, I can't watch this. And it is, it's right. like insane. Well, the good news for uh, you, if you decide you want to listen to it, is I think she put it on. No, she did not. Like, Are you fucking Yeah, me? I think you can like download it now and I don't use want it to. on. Really, on all your socials in case you decide you do want to listen to it so that she can make money off of it. It's weird. I know that she was wildly popular. And so I never really like paid attention, but I was always like, you know, my kids liked this internet thing called Annoying Orange when they were kids. And I think that Orange got a TV show, of course, like this weird animated Orange. And I hated it. But I didn't pay attention to it because, like, I just hated it. So my kids would show me the videos sometimes, and I'd be like, yeah, that orange is annoying. Sure enough. Uh, Truth in advertising. But I didn't pay attention to it. And so I kind of just thought the same thing about this Colleen Ballinger. So I didn't know. And, like, uh, you know, all of these allegations of, like, saying inappropriate things to young people, then also people are digging up all of these, like, videos where she's, like, Mocking, like, um, you know, remember Gangnam Style, you know, do you remember that song? Do I remember that song? Psy. I was at a wedding where Psy p- performed that song. Oh my God, that's amazing. It was amazing. And also, can I just digress for two seconds to tell you yeah. guys like the best wedding I ever went to? Yes. It was one of my producers from, my post producer from Cougar Town. When yeah. he got married, his husband is like a big music lawyer. Yeah. And his wedding was like star-studded performances. Um, mm. Like it was so great and so incredible. And also Psy performed Gangnam Style. Amazing. It was incredible. Jennifer Lopez was on tour at the time in South America, like in Brazil. 
And they had all of a sudden cut to a live feed of her concert in Brazil where she congratulated them for getting married and then dedicated a song to them and like played it at the reception in the wedding of the wedding. And John Legend performed. It was like truly magical. And I got a little bit drunk. I was there by myself. Mark was out of town with Abby. They were at like the Austin TV festival or something or some like some Austin, some... TV and film festival that they had been asked to come to to talk about screenwriting or something. I don't remember exactly what, why. I was by myself. I got a little tipsy, but not too drunk, but a little tipsy. Because, you know, I had Birdie was home with the babysitter. And so I'd have to be up early with Birdie the next day. And then literally two days later, I was like, wait, am I pregnant? And I realized I was pregnant with Cricket. Oh, wow. Like, I feel like a lot of people have had that moment where you like, you know what I mean? Like, I like got like a little tipsy and then like literally the next day, two days later, I was like, oh no. Yeah, that's what happened at my own wedding. (laughs) Right. That's right. (laughs) But anyway, where I was like, what what could be wrong with me? Like, this is a true story. I, I was expecting my period on my wedding so faithfully that I was like, I had all my shapewear and everything. And I was like, you know what? My period hasn't happened yet, but to be on the safe side, I'm just going to use a tampon because I know I'm going to get my period in the middle of the wedding. And so went through whole wedding, never had my period, turns out pregnant. Eli. Eli. Little Eli. I was watching Gangnam (laughs) Style, enjoying some rosé. And then cricket. Pregnant with cricket. <laughs> Heavily influenced Okay, so but by back Rose. to No, well, she made some video like, you know, just doing that really racist, like Asian, fake Ew. Asians Ew. language, Ew. whatever. And so people are digging up all these videos where it's like, yeah, she did problematic shit. I don't know that much about her. I just know that I don't think the ukulele song uh was a good way to address the situation. But it seems like she felt like it was. And uh, I don't know. I haven't really seen a lot of people that are like Team Colleen, but I don't know. I can't imagine anyone is. There's a new thing about Jenna Hill that I just got sent. Oh, no. What do you do now? Well, it just says, Zoe 101 alum Alexa Nicholas accuses Jonah Hill of kissing her without her consent when she was 16. Ah. She was at a Hollywood party hosted by Justin Long when she was 16. Well, does that change your opinion of the texts at all? Mm. No, this just makes me grossed out and sad. I don't know. Maybe we need to go on like a social media cleanse. I definitely probably do. But this is what like you and I were talking. Guys, okay. Casey and I have been talking because I, you know, I'm getting ready to take Birdie to boarding school and I'm just like social media cleanse. I'm like, I need a, I need a, like, I don't know if I can continue doing the podcast through this. Like, I'm really having a hard time processing what is about to happen. And, you know, all that, like, it just feels like there's a lot 
going on for me, you know? And part of what I love about this podcast and doing it is the ability to be able to share our experiences. Because honestly, at the end of the day, like I'm answering my own fucking question because I do truly believe this. Like, what can we do? What can I do about all of the things in the world that I see that I know are not right? Like, this is one of the answers that I have to it, is this podcast with you and trying to figure out the next right thing and how we can help others figure out what the next right thing is and get more information and ask better questions and share our experiences without shame or sometimes with. But I I think that I am like, I don't know what the reset is, but I'm feeling like fucking burnt out about like on every level, like work yeah. Like I can't, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I just feel burnt out. Like, very, very, very burnt out. Like, frayed. Yeah, <laughs> frayed. I get that. I get that. And I don't know how to... I don't know what the reset... Even it... Like, how, how what that would even look like or how to do it. No one tells you how to do that. Right. I wonder if, like, we're all fucking burnt out. I think so. I think well, I think that we're all traumatized again mm. and th- we've just been trying to walk it off. But like collectively you you can only, you know, you can't walk off like a broken leg. You know what I mean? Like you just can't. Uh and but that's the way that we've been trained. And sometimes like I get burnt out too and then I think about like oh fuck, there's like people that work, you know, every day doing like physical labor and, you know, 60 hours of physical labor and they get like a week off every year where they probably have to like catch up on a whole bunch of family shit during that week. And like their their bodies are getting ground out and like there has to be a better solution for for everyone, you know? Um, But I think everybody is burnt out. I think everybody is burnt out. And I think a lot of people in our lives in particular are, like, very fearful right now because of, like, the strikes are happening and, like, Mm -hmm. is the actor's strike going to happen? It is. Tag on. By the way. You think so? Like, by Thursday, we should know. I think so. And I think what's ominous about that is because, like, that might also tip off, like, strikes in other areas. You know, it's not just entertainment. It's, like, it affects a lot of things. Like, we, you know, for as complicated as our financial ecosystem is uh, in the United States, like, it's also not that complicated. So when a big pillar gets kicked out, like entertainment, that then affects advertising, which then affects like manufacturing, which then affects shipping. So mm-hmm. those are all huge businesses in the United States. And, you know, and we've already just come through like this whole shipping challenge. And it seems like we ha- we're having like rolling travel challenges all the time. Um, We're just getting hit with waves of it. And a lot of it had to do with the pandemic, but I think a lot of it just has to do with, I don't even know what it has to do with, Um, whether it's like financial residual 
things because of the pandemic or if it's just other things. Like, I don't know that much about business, but I know that it's like a panicky time because this is a long fucking strike that people have been on. And now if the actors join, like, will that make it go on longer? It's, so or- it's not like it, do- it isn't actually as long as what it was in 2008. Right. But it's been a long time. I mean, it's longer than people thought, you know? I remember people being like, it'll it'll end in June. That was me. You know? Remember? Because I pulled a tarot card. <laughs> Everyone right, I knew right. was like saying that it was going to be the fall. Yeah. But I think, you know. I and being I, I do keep thinking back to the, to the other, the past strikes. Because like there was a strike right before I started working in entertainment. And then the 2008 strike. I'm just thinking that people were in a better financial position for those strikes, people that were doing these jobs. And like one of the reasons that everybody's striking now is because the pay was not like it was back then. So people were already fucking struggling and people had already been going years without like truly gainful, steady employment. So nobody's Mm -hmm. in a position to survive as long as they were. Um, the last time. So that's... Yeah, but it also coincided with the housing crisis of 2007, 2008, and the bubble bursting. Whatever. It's not... Yes, it's like a fucking stressful time. Yeah. So it's just like thing after thing after thing. But I'm also kind of like... That, I mean, it kind of is what life is, is thing after thing after thing, you know? Is it though? I but feel is like it? it is. I feel like it is. I know, like, but I, I don't know. I actually don't yeah. know if that's... I think it's what this particular life is right now. Here yeah. in this country, in this culture. Yeah. But I actually don't know if it's this way everywhere and... While we can say, make ourselves feel comforted by like everyone's got issues. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, but some people live in places where they don't have to worry about if they get cancer, will it, um, will they lose their homes? Right. Will they even be able to get treatment? Right. Or That's- will they not be able to even get, uh, afford the kind of treatment that would save their lives? Right. People live in places where, um, like, pay equality is government-mandated. Right. I don't know. People live in places where there are consequences for politicians taking (laughs) huge payouts. You'd think. You'd think. But, I, I mean... I honestly don't know. I know that for a long time it has felt like thing after thing. Like, I mean, I was pregnant with Eli when Columbine happened, and I just feel like that was, like, the weird first domino to fall in just this, like, you know, 9-11. I'm saying other countries don't live with that. Other countries, like, in other countries, people send their children to school and don't, aren't in a constant state of, like, well, fingers crossed. 
Right. They, you're right. You're absolutely right. They don't. Or going to the grocery store. Or like, I haven't been to a fucking movie theater in years. No, I know. There's a level of stress that we deal with in this country that has to do with all of these things that are piled up on top of each other that I don't think exist other pl- I just don't. Mm. I think there are places in this world where that just doesn't, having been visiting those places. Right. Right. And it's not to say they don't have issues, because right. they do. Of course, but they every are, every country, every, every place does. But I'm saying that the like cumulative stress of what we're all experiencing, experiencing, and have been experiencing is taking like a big. I mean, it can't not take a huge toll. Yeah, I I do I do not disagree with you, but I guess. I guess from my perspective is like, I'm not about to like pack up and leave. Like I'm not in a, you know, I'm not going to leave America. So then what, you know, so how am I managing it? And I don't think most people are in a position to leave America. So then what do we do? You know, know. so that was like the whole thing when Birdie came to us and was like, we have to move. We have to leave this country. And we're like, that's literally outrageous. We can't. We move away. Right. But she found a way for herself, so. (laughs) Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, I hope that she has a great experience there. I know other people have a hard experience in Sweden, you know, so it's like, I don't fucking know what the answer is, but I do know that, like, I think that, we try to live our lives as like good people day in and day out and help other people when we can and not hurt anyone. And mm-hmm. like, that's that's all I can say to myself at the end of the day. Like I didn't hurt anyone today, I don't think. And I tried to help people. And if anyone ever came to me for help, obviously I would do whatever I could for them. But I'm also like on my own initiative trying to help people And am I doing enough? No, obviously, like, you can never do enough, but also you can only do so much. So, you know, I just, where I'm at is, like, I have limited time on earth, and I'm entitled to have a happy, as happy a life as I can. And uh, that's, like, my only entitlement really I'm not really entitled to anything else but I want to take advantage of that entitlement but luckily for me like doing things for other people and knowing other people that makes me happy so that's good that works out great but yeah I mean it's it's definitely fucked up like there's no doubt about it but I'm just thinking of like how many movies have you watched where people are like shipping their kids off to somewhere safe because their city is getting bombed. You know, I mean, you know the fucking old British poster, keep calm and carry on, you know, which is like, it's fucked up. But people have lived through these fucked up times with people just telling them like, just keep walking. It's going to be okay. There's bombs going off all around you, but it's going to be okay. Of course, it takes a cumulative toll on you over time, you know? And and it's something that generations have to deal with, you know? Uh, people, like, having seen their whole lives, like, overturned and 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 just decimated, you know, just like you were saying. All those people you were talking about earlier who are like regular people who are parts of resistances, 
it's extraordinary what they did, but also I bet all of them were just like, there's nothing else I could do. Like, that's just who I am. And all of those people were doing those things. All of those people were doing those things in the face of their own lives potentially being destroyed or, you know, so it's like, that makes it even more remarkable because they weren't doing it for like social media likes or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you might think today, like so many times you see people doing good things on the internet and so many people are like, you're just doing that for engagement. No, they couldn't because... But they'd get murdered, so they couldn't. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> they definitely could not post it on social exactly. media. Exactly. They would for sure have gotten murdered. But we, but I guess, but that's like actually super interesting because it sort of brings up, it like sort of ties together a whole thread of thoughts from this entire podcast, which is as follows. And I'm going to just try to do it. I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to do thread it. them all together, guys. Just stay with me for one second. In so many ways, being faced with something truly horrific, like war, and being war, like, which is like, it's, there's no mistaking what this is right now, which is that, like, there's no fucking difference. We're in a fucking war right now in our country, and people are dying and being killed every fucking day, whether it's, like, by gun violence, or by oppression, or by poverty, or by lack of healthcare and resources and money and greed. We are in this fucking war and we're all just like, but he really loves me. Because he didn't fucking send me a text using bad therapy speech where I could see it all laid out. And that's what our fucking country is doing. They're gaslighting us, Casey. We're in a fucking war, but we're not even giving, like we can't even be meep geese. Because what are we fucking supposed to do? That's all I'm saying. I'm fucking sick of it. Yeah. Like, I just, I just wish that it would, I just wish things were clearer. I just wish things were clearer. Because then at least we could have a response that felt appropriate. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? I 100% understand what you're saying. Like, here's here's the thing. I think if, like, the government came into your home and, like, took one of your kids out of your home, God forbid, then the objective would be clear. Do what you have to do to get your kid back. You know what I mean? And I've actually seen, I've fucking seen that play out on online. People are like, you know, something happened. They thought that we were abusing our kid. We took our kid to the hospital because he was injured. Next thing you know, he's been in foster care for six months and it turns out. So like the objective is very clear in that tragic case that shouldn't happen to anyone. Get that kid back at all costs. You know what I mean? Like there's a mission. Right now, I don't know that we necessarily have a set mission or there's like millions of missions and there are like smaller missions. They're not a Liam Neeson movie. And those missions are like raise money for abortion funds and, you know, make sure that people are aware of what the laws are, where they live due to like our fucked up elections. And also like 
take care of each other and make sure that each other are as safe as possible and help someone who needs help when you can and don't turn a a closed eye or ear to someone who's in need that you could help, you know? I think one huge mission that I've been thinking about so much, and this goes way back to like the TV show that we're, that we talked about when we started the TV show, people are lonely and people are isolated. And so if I can do anything to make someone less lonely or less isolated, that's what I have to do. I have to know who my neighbors are and have I not seen someone in a long time? Are they okay? Do I look in on them? Those are the things, but I get it. It doesn't seem like a big like rescue mission and I don't even mean it. But it's for- also like the allies aren't coming. There are no allies. Right. It, it's who's here. It's, it's no, right. You know. But like even, but in times of great wars or whatever, the ability to do extraordinary acts of bravery and continue to was be, was with the understanding that it was finite and that there would be a time where it wouldn't be like that anymore. Right. And I guess I'm just saying that, like, there's never going to be that. There may There's no one is, it clearly no one is, there's no, I don't know. I there don't may know, not maybe. be, but, yeah. uh, you know, if you, if you go back and look at the history of the country, like, the, the thing that I most take issue with, and not that you've ever said that, but people, I think that people are, like, thinking that some needle has moved and put us in a place where this country has never been before. And the truth is that, like, corporatism has always been on the rise and has always been not the best in this country. And I'm saying that as someone who's worked for a million corporations. Yeah, uh, and we you know, continue to, by the way. like Because it's like how you get to do anything. Right, right. It's how we get to do anything. Exactly. And so that's about, like, get putting some controls on on what corporations can do and holding their feet to the fire. It's, you know what it basically Definitely is? Send it's, them the text message of your boundaries. <laughs> it's basically all boring shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it it's like, like I'm saying, it's not like a big capture the flag mission or whatever. But this country has always been kind of like in fucking turmoil since the yeah. jump. Yes. And it's always been and really, an experiment, like and an a mess. experiment and a right. mess and really, really, really fucking bad for some people. Yes, really bad. Correct. A hundred percent. You know, yes. so just I don't think she'll mind me saying this, but like Ashley and I were talking about like go, getting away to a place, you know, like what if we just went to a place like where we could get some quiet for a couple of days and then she brought up in this in the conversation, like, you know, what is that place like? Like, it looks so beautiful. And then I was like, I asked around and I was like, people say actually like it's kind of, it's bad. Like it might be even racist or whatever. And then she was like, racist, like I get yelled at on the street or like I'm in danger. And I was like, I don't even know. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's like a whole other fucking conversation that she's having based on her experiences her experience. in life right. her when I'm just fucking trying to go like sit by a lake or whatever. Right, and right. like, I never had to think about that. And I'm like, 
It's fucking crazy. And to think that, like, all that stuff is so much better than, is it? I don't know. It's supposedly so much better than when her parents were young and trying to think of a place to get away for the weekend. But it's not. You know what I mean? And, like, there's these waves of, like, emboldenment or whatever where people are like, we hate immigrants, we hate all other races, we hate women. And so, like, it's fucking crazy. But also, this country has always been fucking crazy. Like, they used to make us get (laughs) under our desks in case there was a nuclear war. Like, that's... So, if I give the appearance that I'm, like, being, like, a little, like, Everybody calm down about all the, I'm I'm not like that. But I'm just saying, like, after a lifetime of getting under my desk, because yeah. that is supposed to help me if there's a nuclear war, like, no, but that's just what makes me be like, yes, this world is crazy. And all I can do is use whatever power I have in a moment to bring comfort to someone who might be sick or scared or pregnant or someone who's not white and doesn't feel safe somewhere. That's all I can do. And then obviously, like, doing my civic duty to, like, fight for those things. But as we know, it doesn't always fucking go our way, you know? No. It doesn't always go our way. And, yeah, I mean, do I have fantasies of, like, making Chief Justice John Roberts understand how wrong it is for uh, the majority of the Supreme Court to be financially on the take from all of these influential people, you know, like talking some sense into him. Of course, I dream of that. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Doesn't Doesn't seem like even if you got the chance, I don't think it would matter. Right. So, you know, this is like a person that like they've made justice their life and they're like, Oh, but uh, actually for me, justice isn't that important. Right. Doesn't, that doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't count, doesn't, doesn't count for me. Right. Like, it doesn't, or doesn't apply the rule me. doesn't apply. It doesn't apply to me. Right. Doesn't right. So they want to hand out justice, <sighs> but they don't want to be subjected to justice at all. I don't know, man, but I do know like that I love you and I want you to like enjoy this time that you have because it's precious time, you know? It's it is precious time. And and I want you to feel like when you do the many things that I know that you do to help other people, I want you to feel like you did something. Cause you did. I don't want you to feel like it's not enough or it's not good enough or like you have to keep going, you know, when you're tired, because you do. You know, we everybody has to keep going. We do. We actually we do. <laughs> But I do want you to be able to feel it and be like, you know what? I I did I did do something though. I did do something. Because not everybody can say that. You know? Not mm. everybody can say that. And so we're watching TikToks that are getting us like wound up. Social media is getting us wound up. <laughs> Somebody very close to me told me that they had to go on a social media diet because reading so much bad news made them fall down. <laughs> Which made me laugh. <laughs> because they I said mean, it in all sincerity. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of get that. That kind of that resonates with me, a person who falls <laughs> when they're stressed. And I was like, I mean, if the stuff that you're reading online made you fall down, yes, one hundred percent. Put your phone away. Put it away. Um but well, what it are you did doing your best laugh. out this week? 
What am I doing my best at this week? Oh my goodness. I've just been trying to like initiate hanging out more with people because like it suddenly it's July. It's the middle of July. It's the middle of summer. And I haven't done one thing that I would consider like summery at all because I am kind of just on this. I, I mean, nothing like haven't gone to the beach, haven't. Cook, have you gone to a the cookout? beach. What are you even talking about? That's not for no, her. No, I like the beach. I just don't like to lay out on it and fry it. But I love going to the ocean. Um, but I just haven't, <laughs> you know, it I I invited you to a pool party and you came fully clothed. Yes. Well, that's always that's a given. I'm never gonna swim. You know, that's my rule. Like I'm never gonna I swim know. in front of anyone. It has to be like a totally private situation. Um and, you know, much to our friend Nelson's chagrin because he likes to swim and do work and I'm never doing it. And so I'm I always sitting really on funny. the pool. That makes me laugh, sitting- though. <laughs> but yeah, I don't mix swimming with any other person. That's just me. Um, but yeah, so I haven't really done anything social. So I've just been trying, you know, it's been like strike, podcast, tearing up my house unintentionally. So like my house is really torn up now. Um, and picketing, which is talk about repetitious, right? So I've just been trying to like, you know, go to lunches or go to dinners. Like we had a nice dinner at our friend Katie's house and that was lovely to see everyone. And she really like knocked it out of the park. Like what a hostess, holy smokes. That was the craziest. It was so, that was very summery. That was so summery. And like, thank Mm -hmm. God for that because I would have been like my whole summer was a wash and I got to meet so many nice women. I always feel weird at things, at social things that you're at, that I'm at because I feel like- We don't hang out. We don't. And I'm like, because I just want to let you catch up with other people that you haven't seen in a while because we talk all the time, but it does feel weird. And then I'm like, I didn't even talk to you at that thing. I just saw you from far away. I know, but- I know. But I felt like you and I do talk. Like, I don't know. I felt like I. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You. Yeah, yeah. I, was like, I thought I was fine. I didn't like, feel weird. I didn't think I, I felt just weird. always feel weird because I'm like, because I'm always like, I think people expect to see us like talking or whatever. But we're like that healthy married couple that like splits up at a party and goes. But we and, will, like, but you know. also if we go out to dinner together, even with like a group of people, like if we went with yeah, like, we Sam and Vince talk. or Emily, we yeah. talk because. Yeah, We're making it sound like we don't talk in public. That was a very specific dinner party because Katie was like bringing together a group of women who like some of some of those ladies like I've known for many many years but haven't seen since the pandemic. Right. Like Michaela, walk right. I haven't seen Michaela literally since pre-pandemic. Oh my god, I love her. Yeah, that was the, the first time I ever met her, but I love her. But I loved everyone there. It was so nice. So that was sufficiently summery. Like that would be that would be enough for the summer. But I've also just tried to like like just went out yesterday for lunch with some gal pals and you know, just to like cause honestly, like I'm feeling burnt out by just the, you know, all of the stuff you talked about, yes, but also like the repetition of things, which is just like it's it can be like a very repetitious life, you know, and um, which is also probably explains why I can't watch those TikTok videos anymore because it's too repetitious. Well, I think it's more that it's driving you insane that the ladies are just doing it by themselves and it's fucking annoying you. 
which I'm yeah. here for. Because I yeah, agree. That's, that's fucking annoying. That's possible. So, like, trying to do some summary things and I guess also kicking the habit of, like, uh, TikTok cleaning videos. What are you doing your best at? I don't know, dude. I'm just trying to... Um, I'm trying to make the plans. I'm trying to do do the plans and not avoid making the plans. Because I have things that I need to plan now. Yeah. For the next several weeks. And like, I'm just, I just really, yesterday I was going to go work out. But I know I'm like most productive in the morning times. Yeah. And I know it's when Mark and I like, <laughs> because Birdie sleeps until like two. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it's when Mark and I have the most time to like sit and look at each other and be like, okay, so this date, like we can go to Sweden and da, 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 da. You know, like we have like all these things to do. So I skipped my workout yesterday, which I wasn't thrilled about, but like I did it to benefit the greater good of not avoiding a thing that I've like kind of honestly been avoiding. So I just, we sat and like made all these plans and bought tickets and like did the thing and talked through the rest of the summer and into the fall and like have a plan. So that was honestly a big deal. That's good. You feel better? I do. I do. Good. And totally worse. (laughs) I get that. I get that. But is there anything you're excited about for Birdie? All of it. Are you kidding? Yeah. I'm so excited for Birdie and nervous and... Um, and hopeful. And I think it'll be really, I think it's going to just be a fucking experience one way or another. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. I don't know which direction it's going to land. You never do. That's exciting. I think I've been thinking about you a lot because, um, I don't know, I guess, People are just getting back to sending their kids to camp more this year than they have in the past I few agree. years. Mm-hmm. And every parent is like losing their mind a way lot more than I've ever witnessed parents losing their mind over sending their kids to camp. And I think it's just because after this time where we've all been together and where we're sort of like, if we're being honest, dying for five minutes apart— it's also very devastating to think of, like, not being with your kid. Like, you know, you want them to leave you alone, but you also want to be able to, like, give them a hug at the end of the day. And it's not easy. Well, we went through this, the school calendar, and the boarding school has, you know, they have some big week breaks, like, Uh built into the calendar already, right? And so we went through it. And then, and we noticed that, like, it's basically, like, every five and a half-ish weeks, six weeks-ish, that there's a big chunk, like, a huge, like, a week. Good. Which means that, like, if every three weeks one of us goes there for the weekend, like, we can do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then it's just three weeks. I think that looking at things and like, honestly, guys, I'm sorry if today I was just such a fucking Debbie Downer. But I do (laughs) think that like, I do think remembering to focus on smaller bits is helpful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that is too. And I think that 
That'll be good. And then you'll have lots of things on the calendar to look forward to. Oh, wait, I have one update. What? Do you remember when I auditioned for that TV show? Yes. And Did it air? And Did it come out? It didn't air yet, but I learned who was cast in the role <gasps> that I auditioned for. Who? Garcelle Bouvet. Wild. <laughs> Isn't that so That's funny? That's wild. I'm like, oh, well... She'll be perfect. I'm sure she'll be great. But it was so funny. I've never had that experience of like learning who got a role that I auditioned for. And I thought it was so funny. And I thought of the millions of times that you've auditioned for something. I mean, who you auditioned against and like who got it and how many times somebody's like Busy Phillips got it or how many times you were like Tracy Ellis Ross got it. I mean, yeah, Tracy and I used to go up against each other all the time for parts. (laughs) Um, and Melissa McCarthy. Oh my gosh. Melissa McCarthy (laughs) changed her life. (laughs) Melissa McCarthy. I would like to see everything with her in it. So I could never, I could never begrudge her, uh, a role, but I could imagine it would get her. I don't begrudge anyone, but that's the thing. I don't begrudge anyone who's ever gotten cast. Instead of me, except for that one girl, she fucking knows it. Well, what I was going to say about Melissa McCarthy is I'm saying that as a person who's only just experienced this this one time in life. And then I was going to say, but after it happened like three times, I bet I would start to begrudge and be like, come on. No, I never, (laughs) that was never my thing. You know, when I was, when I was like young in this business, I would begrudge people for jobs like where I never even had a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was never the jobs that I was like really close on. It was only the jobs where I was like, I didn't even get to read for that. You know? (laughs) They just straight up offered it to whatever her name is, you know? Oh my God. Well, I'm sure so many parts, so many roles I haven't gotten. So (laughs) many roles, thousands Um, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, maybe they were right, but a lot of times I bet they were wrong. I bet you also would have done a great job. Well, (laughs) <laughs> you never know. Or not. I don't know. Oh I don't know. Gosh. Well, anyway. I was only slightly salty about the one animated thing that I got fired from. But whatever. Oh, that w- you should have been salty about that. It was salty. Annoying. Because it was annoying and I, it would have been fine. To be cast in something and then like recast is very, that's a different. And recast because you're not famous enough. Yeah, that's a different kind Which of Which also, annoying. though, I guess I understand because it is animated and they're like, they need you to promote it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm seeing both sides now. (laughs) I'm back, guys. I'm not burnt out after this two-hour chat. Oh, my God. (laughs) I got it out of my system. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we were here for you to help you get it out of your system. I know, me too. And and we'll find out what happens uh, this week with the actor strike. Well, I'm going to tell you, I think it's happening. We'll see. I mean, I was so annoyed that Fran Drescher was like at fashion. Week I was going to ask, did she get back Ugh. in time? I know people were. I don't know. It's just so gross. It's so let them eat cake. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just so disrespectful. I, I just have to say, I am not running for SAG president. <laughs> in case people, but, Hollywood break, Fran Drescher is the president of SAG. And this week, when all these really important negotiations are supposedly happening about whether or not the union's going to go on strike. She was in Italy? 
She was at Fashion Week, yeah, Milan Fashion Week, like taking selfies with with Kim Kardashian, <laughs> wearing like fancy ass clothes. I'm sure somebody paid for her to go. I mean, I'm just which like, I think it was like insult to injury to so many people because Kim Kardashian is also in Ryan Murphy's newest whatever, and she's been like on set working, and that has also been riling people up. That oh like God. if you're gonna do it, do it. I guess like whatever. It's but don't post about it. Like read the room a little bit, you know. I don't know. I would just go a step further. I don't think she should have gone to Fashion Week. I'm sorry. I'll say it. Yeah. I think it's fucking disrespectful. I think it yeah. literally is like, let them eat cake. Yeah. I fucking hate it. I hate it. And I'm not running for SAC president <laughs> ever. But I will say, fuck that. I think that's insane. It's it was a it's such a poor choice that it's shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a disrespectful move in the middle of crew members, like, wondering if they're going to be able to keep their fucking houses. Right. No, Fran Drescher. Right. No. And by the way, like, whatever. I don't want to be ageist or whatever. And, and like, Fran Drescher is great. Like, she's the fucking nanny. But, like, so much has changed since she was a big star, like, pulling in cash hand over fist, doing the nanny. Like, so much has changed since then, but she's still like all set up from that time. You know what I mean? Yes, like that's right. That's she's doing okay. And so mm. it just like I think when you are running to be like in a position of authority and to represent all these people, you have to have a really, really keen understanding of what all of the people are going yeah, through. I agree. And like I'm saying, like, you know, at least it's act not like also, you by the way, understand. and I will just say, it's not like you're a an actor. One woman, act like you understand, right? Act like you understand. It's not like she. It's not like there's a whole um, negotiating board, and there's lawyers, and there are all these things. I'm saying, as the president, as the head of the union, right. I think it's disrespectful and a bad look. Whether or not she was right. necessary to be in Los Angeles, I'm saying maybe you, maybe even if it's not necessary for you to be here, maybe you just forego like a lavish party trip to like whirlwind fashion-y trip to Milan. I'm just, you know, just because, right. Right. I don't know, out of respect. Whatever. Oh my goodness. All right, guys. Well, you know we'll find we'll find out. And uh, <laughs> I hope that... You guys are all good. I hope that if you were feeling burnt out, that you feel a little less burnt out. I hope <laughs> that you feel a little less burnt out, Busy. We'll see. I'm going to see what all this giggling is upstairs right now. <laughs> These little people are doing. All right. We'll all talk right, to you soon. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.